Welcome to the Be Encouraged podcast. I am your host, Jackie Brindle. I am a mom of three, wife, teacher, and I do like to run. Life is busy, but one thing is for certain. With God, nothing is impossible. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Be Encouraged podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Brindle, and you're listening to episode number 32 called Do the Thing. You know, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Rebecca Dotson George this week. And if you have not already had the pleasure of getting to know my new friend, she takes on many important roles that kind of all melt together so beautifully. Rebecca has her own podcast and is the host of Do the Thing Movement a career coach, speaker, and an incredible writer. I told you she wears many hats. We have a girl chat about life and all the seasons we face on the daily and as we lean into our calling. It's no secret that I'm passionate about encouraging others, but with Rebecca added into this conversation, you will see that she's a natural born encourager that's in your corner too, especially when you want to do the thing that you know you know you know you're meant to do. Do you have that thing? Do you have that thing that's stirring up in your heart that you know you know you're meant to do? Well, let's go. You're going to need to bring out the pen and paper, take some notes, or if you're in your mobile office, turn it up, or if you're simply sipping your hour-old coffee, come along with us because you know what? That's life, and be ready to be encouraged. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Be Encouraged podcast. You guys, I have a sweet Southern gal that I would love for you all to meet. She's going to encourage you so much. Let's welcome Rebecca Dotson-George. Hi, Rebecca. Hey, Jackie. I'm so excited to be with you. Yes, me too. You know, I know you're from Mississippi, and I need to know, this cold weather, this cold snap that you got, how did it affect anyone um, where you live? Yeah, Yeah, it was crazy. So I've lived here almost two years and I've never seen snow in the state of Mississippi, which is crazy. (laughs) So it snowed for the first time since I've lived here, which was really fun to see uh, snow when you looked out your window, but it was pretty crazy. We had a lot of power outages and some uh, just big limbs that fell and things like that. We were so fortunate in that nothing hit our house or anything like that, but our community was definitely hit pretty hard. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I bet when you wake up to snow, did you wake up to the snow or you knew it was coming? We knew it was coming, but it was almost one of those things like, I'll believe it when I see it, (laughs) you know, (laughs) growing, growing up in Tennessee, I, you know, was very used to seeing a lot of snow or, you know, kind of it comes and goes, or some years you have more than, than others, but yeah, it is very rare here. And so it really was a treat when it came just because it's, it's so rare. Did the schools call off and things like that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mississippi is not ready for any kind of ice (laughs) or snow (laughs) and things like that. So it was pretty, the grocery stores were pretty crazy for a few days and yeah, all that good stuff. Oh my goodness. I, well, I was thinking of all you guys down there, you know, especially, you know, when something like that happens, you just never, expect it so just like my my heart went out to all of you guys (laughs) yes yes we it was pretty crazy I know Texas was hit real hard and um yeah we were we were very fortunate like I said but it was it was some pretty crazy ice for a few days yeah so Mississippi you said you're not from there you're from Tennessee so how where why did you land there in Mississippi yeah 
Yeah. So my husband and I got married in 2019, May of 2019, and he is a pastor. So he was pastoring here before we got married. And our story is really fun. We met when we both lived in Tennessee. He was on staff at the church that I went to and we didn't date in that season. We knew each other, thought a lot of each other and reconnected years later. And so uh, dated long distance. And then once we got married, obviously I, I came down and joined him in ministry here. So that's kind of how we both landed here. That is so sweet. Can I just tell you that's yeah. so, that's so encouraging too. I mean, um, you don't usually hear that long distance. Like how does that even work? You know? Yeah. Um, was it hard? Oh, it was so hard. I would never want to do it again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think, you know, God knew it was what our story needed. I think there's a degree of intentionality that's required for long distance dating. That's maybe not when you're in the same place. And we both very much have that kind of personality in terms of how we handle relationships and friendships and things like that. So I think it felt natural to us, although just the distance is obviously super hard. Um, But, but yeah, it was, it was an interesting season. A lot of change for me for sure. When I transitioned to come down here, but, um, I'm super thankful for our story. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. And you moved to a place that you, you, did you know anybody or did it with his family there? You said, Uh, yeah. So his, his family's in the state. So his mom and his brother are both in the state, which is great. We're so grateful to have them close by, but where we are, we're in a super small town. We're about two hours North of new Orleans. If that kind of gives people a picture of where we are, but, um, but yeah, it was really, ground zero for me, really going from, I lived in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is a big SEC college town. So I was, you know, all the time having college girls over and leading college small groups and just had such deep roots of community there. And so, so yeah, it was, it was a big season of change when I moved down here for sure. Yeah. Big season of change. You know, I feel like there's so many big seasons of change in everyone's life that we all go through, you know, Um, but I feel like in those seasons, you know, God plants seeds and speaks to us. So how did God speak to you in this like new season of your life, like newly married and, you know, starting a new ministry at this church and, you know, kind of just starting to plant, um, you know, to build roots in this, uh, season of your life. So how does that, um, how does that go? Like, (laughs) how did it go for you? You know, how does it transform into something like where you can look back and go, oh, wow, Look how far we've come. Yeah. 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 I love that question. And, you know, I would first want to acknowledge, because you're probably going to have listeners who are going through seasons of change right now. And I just, I want to first acknowledge that it's really hard. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, seasons of extreme change, whether it's a move or you have lost a job or you got a new job or you're getting married or you are you've just moved and you're in a long stretch of singleness. All of those things can, can be really tough. However, we also know that God uses all things in our process of being sanctified to become more like Christ. Right. And so I think the thing that God has really shown me, that's, that's really cool. When we think about who God is, when we think about how he is sovereign over all things and he is all knowing and he's ever present. Um, the one quality that really gets me about God is that he never changes. Mm, And the cool thing about that is it checks out with everything else about his character, right? Like if he, 
if he wasn't, you know, if that wasn't true about him, then none of the things that I named before that could be true. Right. But, but yet in seasons of change, I do, I do change. I do become more like Christ. And so it's sort of this, this both and of my God doesn't change, but I do praise God. And he uses all things to make me more like him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I definitely think people here listening might be in that season that you talked about, Rebecca, that season of just shifting of change and, and that sudden change, you know, um, in our world, you know, things that we don't even know what tomorrow holds, you know what I mean? And that goes, to, you know, in any yeah. day, but really we just don't even know what tomorrow holds. So to just hold on to that consistent truth, that was really cool that you brought that up. I love that. And you know, I, I see your passion. Um, I just kind of want to talk about too, like what you're passionate about. I know you're a speaker and writer and podcaster, but can you unpack all of that, um, where that all began for you in those seasons of change? Yeah. So I'll go back a little bit in my story. So after I graduated college, I was kind of in that, you know, mountaintop, I got a degree. I'm going to go find the big girl job and, you know, have my own health benefits for the first time and all that good stuff. And it was in that season, that mountaintop season that my mom was also diagnosed with cancer and breast cancer. And um, to the glory of God, she is six years on the other side of that right now. And we're so grateful. And, um, but she had about a year and a half of a season where she went through surgery and chemotherapy and radiation and, uh, at, at, during that season, she lost her hair and, um, I started crocheting her hats, which was something I'd learned how to do when I was super young and hadn't done it in forever, but I started making her hats and then we started donating them to hospitals and treatment centers. And God kept telling me to put one foot in front of the other. And, and I kept saying yes. And what ended up happening was sort of a a nonprofit ministry that I led for about five years where we did work with St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and Indy Anderson in Houston and just some incredible organizations. And I would have these opportunities to speak and kind of tell my story, my mom's story and how God had, you know, used something I'd learned how to do to impact other people. And when I did that, I kept having these conversations with women where they would come up to me and they would say, you know, that story of what your mom went through and how God used it. That's so cool. But I, I really have my own version of that. And I feel like God's asking me to take these steps of obedience, but I'm scared or I'm looking to the right or to the left at the girl that's maybe doing something similar. And it seems like she's doing it better than me. Or, you know, I'm, I'm doubting whether this is, this is the next step or not. And can you help me? And so I sort of became this cheerleader of sorts for women that I would meet in a similar stage of life that I just came out of. And so eventually I'd had enough of those conversations that God eventually led me into, okay, this is kind of the lane that I want you to speak in to women on. And so at that point I started a blog um, under the name, do the thing movement. And um, about a year later, after we had gotten married and life had settled down a little bit, I've started a podcast, which is how we found each other, which is so fun. And so we have conversations twice a week, um, really just to encourage and equip women to kind of connect their gifts and talents with the God that they serve and how they're going to make him known in the world. And so I would say that's kind of one of the lanes of 
kind of the conversations I love to have and really short version of the story of how, you know, God got here. So no, that's so good. I almost, you know, you're a runner too. And I maybe can relate to this or any runners out there um, or anyone building up to something. I feel like I heard this quote and I don't even know where it is. I'm so bad at not remembering where I hear it, but I know I love it. And it was something along the lines of, you know, sometimes when you're in that change of season, don't count yourself out. Just know it's the preseason for you being in the season. And I thought, that's so good. You know, anytime I look back at my life, that's led me to this point in my life. I think, wow, that has really prepared me in some way and equipped me, given me some tool in my toolbox um, along the way, you know. And I just had to think about, you know, what skills you have learned, like you learned um, over that time of just simply crocheting hats and, and making this a really, you know, something encouraging for other people who were down and needed, you know, that, that something to lift them up, you know, and then it became more than that and transpired from talking about your mom to now this, it's like little bits of that preseason kept you, um, or get you, got you ready for being in this season. Um, and I guess I just wonder, like, what did you do to discern what would be that next step? Like, how did you know, okay, do the thing was that I'm going to do this now, you know, cause I think like a lot of people have that yeah. stir in their heart. They know it, they can see it, they can vision it. Um, but to take that and go, okay, I'm going to put it out there. You know, what led you to doing yeah. that? Sure. That's a really good question. And I want to say first, I think a lot of times, and you and I talked about this before, I think we overcomplicate the idea of our calling and our purpose. And and we hear words like that so often out in the world and, and books that we read and, and Hey, I'm, I'm about to write a book on calling and purpose. So I'm one of those girls and I, and I can't wait to, to hopefully share a message yes. that's very gospel centered in that way. But I think we get so overwhelmed and we, we almost feel like, man, it's so unattainable. And, and it feels like something that's so unreachable when most days of our lives, especially right now, we're taking like one step at a time, right? Like we're, we're saying those, those yeses that maybe lead to a bigger yes down the road. But a phrase that my husband will use sometimes is like most of our days here on earth are not burning bush days. If we think about the life of Moses, right? Mm -hmm. Like we say yes, and we take that next step. And then God continues to light our path, right? Like he's the lamp into our feet, a light into our path. We can't see 10 miles in front of us, but God does give us the discernment and the wisdom if we ask him for it to take those next steps. And so, you know, I think for me, if you, even as you heard me tell my story, like I started crocheting my mom hats because I love to crochet. And then I saw a need and so we started donating them. And then I started having these conversations and I thought, man, I could really speak in to women. God, is that, you know, my, your next step for me? And, and it was. And so I started the blog really knowing I wanted to do a podcast, but I didn't have the capacity to do a podcast. So I thought, well, let me write content on a regular basis and see if I can, you know, do that within the context of my schedule right now. And the podcast will come later. And, and the podcast did come later about a year later. And so I think a lot of those times when we feel stuck or we feel like we're doubting or we're comparing ourselves to those around us, we're taking our eyes off 
that very thing that, that God is calling us to do. And we're looking out at the world or we're looking on social media or we're allowing the enemy to get a foothold in us of, you know, doubt or insecurity or things like that, rather than keeping our eyes on, on Jesus and just taking those next steps of obedience over and over again. Yeah. And why, why, like, that's so true. I feel like even I fall into that comparison trap and, and so on, but like, why do you think, and I'm just going to pick your brain, like, what do you think it is that why we can um, feel deflated or when there's a setback, we just sit back, you know? Yeah. I think we are in a time where we have access to more information than we ever have before. You know, I think about 20, 25 years ago, one podcasting wasn't a thing. I'm just going to use podcasting as the example. Um, But we wouldn't look to our right or to our left at our other, you know, girlfriends who are maybe running a similar race and, we spend so much time filling our minds with the highlight reel of other people's lives that I think sometimes it sets us up. A lot of times it sets us up for those moments where we feel like we just want to sit back because we do feel defeated. And I'm like the chief of those, those moments happen to me too. Um, and I think we're just, we're so distracted. Mm-hmm. Do you find that to be true in your life? Like, have you had to, I know I've had to even put parameters up in my life to help me from getting in that place. Have you had to do Oh that? my gosh. Yes. Yes. Like distraction. Like that, that's me. I'm like, Ooh, there's something shiny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but no, like in, in ser- all seriousness, just even the past in January, I don't know if I told you this, but from uh, January to mid February, early February, I took a 21 day social media fast. It was just basically based off of the Holy Bible app. And I had mentioned this in maybe episode number 20, a little bit more in depth. Um, but it really taught me a few things about myself, how I was really, um, you know, allowing myself to get caught up, allowing myself to get distracted. And it really pushed me further away of really seeing what God has called me to do and what he wants me to do and, and being more just, you know, present. Um, you know, there's a book called, um, present over perfect. And I love that. Um, mm, it's so good. Yeah. And it's so good. It just was, it, that's one of the books I read over that time. And also Jenny Allen's, um, get out of your head. And it's just so, yes. it was just fueling myself up with things that are just going to strengthen me and, and doing things that I love to do. And it's amazing what I did fill my time up with. <laughs> Um, but not to say that all, all that to say that social media is something that is, is harming. It just, I wasn't utilizing it, um, to really fill me in a, in a, in a way that was serving me. Yeah. Well, and also I'll just tag onto that before we move on. I was listening to Jenny give a talk today, actually, which is really awesome that we're having this conversation and God led me to this podcast this (laughs) morning, but she was just sort of unpacking, which I've, I've heard her do a million times because I'm a big Jenny Allen fan. But one of the things she talks about at the beginning of the book is how we see in scripture, when we look at, you know, what scripture has to say about our thought lives, we do see that we have a choice. And whether that choice is, hey, I really need to stop spending as much time on social media or whatever that looks like for you listeners who are listening today. Um, we do 
we do have that choice when we feel like, oh, I want to sit back or I'm not going to take that step um, in the context of this conversation. That is a book that I would bring in if, you know, you're struggling right now in that area um, that would be really powerful um, to read. So you're, I'm just agreeing with you that that's a really powerful message. Absolutely. It's so good. And, um, and so that's good. You know, people, we all face setbacks, you know, you're not alone. I mean, if you're listening and like, listen, I've been there, um, <laughs> trust me, you know, and it's kind of that period of waiting that can got it, get us all a little flustered. You know, I know it's gotten me flustered before yeah. that waiting for that one thing that you keep thinking, will it happen? Well, is this what I'm supposed to be called to do? Because it doesn't look like it, you know? Um, yeah. and I just think, listen, and, and this has been maybe an overused, verse, but I love it nonetheless, is be still and know that I am God. You know, yeah. it's just this breath of fresh air. I can just speak truth to that, to that giant, so to speak, and just kind of put it out of my way. So I don't sit back too long, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Is there yeah, any truth that. that you speak to yourself as well when you get stuck in that rut to keep moving forward and, um, and to getting to where you are today, you know? Yeah, man, gosh, there are so many, but one that I was going to, I was going to talk about later in the conversation, but I'll just mention now is a verse in Colossians. Um, so it says, and whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the father through him. And it's for me, this thought of like in word and in deed, the command that we see here is that I do everything in the name of Jesus. And so I think right now, you know, the title of my podcast is called Do the Thing Movement. And so we have a lot of conversations about, okay, how do I take action and do the things God's called me to do? And right now that can seem really simple, right? Like I was in the grocery store the other day and just think about the number of times that I have checked out, you know, in that particular grocery store throughout a global pandemic when you know, the girl standing in front of me has checked out people all day long that are angry because the store doesn't have toilet paper or, you know, the world is just crazy yeah. right now. And so I the, I think we just have so many opportunities like that moment in the checkout line where that girl might be the only person outside of our immediate family unit that we speak to in a day. Right. And so God has just really been showing me as well. Like, don't miss those moments. Those are a part of, of your thing of the space where I have called you in the place that I've called you to right now. And so, okay, how do, how do I show the love of Christ to her while she's bagging up my spinach? You <laughs> yeah. know, how do I encourage her in those few moments that I have I think those are some of the moments where we might've missed if our lives were busier and they were busier before COVID. They look, maybe look different before COVID, but I think in its place of what we've lost in all of this a little bit is, is some space to, to take advantage of some moments of our day. I had a conversation the other day on my show and, and we were talking about a similar thing and the guest said, you know, somebody challenged me with this phrase, know their name. Okay. Like in the places where you, you stop by like your Starbucks line, let's say you stop at that Starbucks, you know, two, three mornings a week on your way to, to your office. That same girl probably takes your breakfast order, but 
have you stopped long enough to know her name? Yeah. And that challenged me so much. I feel like you are doing that in your community, getting to know people by name. I think, doesn't everybody want to be noticed in some way to know like, oh, I'm here, you're here. You know, listen, you're noted, right? Um, I love that your life mission uh, that you put out there on your um, content on your page was my life mission statement. And this is right from your page. It says, my life's mission statement is to leave people better than I found them and knowing Jesus more fully than we met them. Like, girl, that's so good. That's so rich. It's so simple and yet like so encouraging. You know, what made you come up with that? Yeah. I mean, that's all I want, right? Like you think of the number of places I heard somebody say this phrase in a message a long time ago, probably 10 years ago, and they used it as an illustration, but they had went into a bathroom and there was a sign on the bathroom wall that just said, you know, basically leave it better than you found it. And that was the phrase that that speaker sort of took with him. And that was sort of his mission statement. And I thought, man, that's it. I mean, there's a gospel centered piece to that though, right? Like I, I want to leave this world hopefully with people having had an introduction to Jesus or, or having been my friend or having, you know, spent time with me that they would know the love of Christ on a deeper level. That's so like, true. How could I ask for anything more than that? You Absolutely. Know? I feel like, like when I'm my kids, you know, if there's like a play date, we go over someone else's house. Like it's just those little touches. Uh, I think those, those small details of like, you know, when my kids, when we go over someone's house, I, I hope, and they don't, may not always do this, so don't hold me to it all the time, but I, I hope that when I say, okay, time to clean up, like we are cleaning up and we're leaving it better than we found it, you know, um, and just those yeah. little touches make a difference. Like it is um, in any situation, you know, you can think about the smallest detail can make a huge difference. Um, I was just hearing this story the other day, how um, this woman, um, she was, in her nineties and her kids all had, you know, um, grown different areas and, and they really didn't want much to do with the woman, but she had like tons of acres, um, you know, acres of land. And this one man was so kind to her and, but always just asked to use, um, her land for hunting because we're big hunting out here. And yeah. he just every year, you know, for many years just came up on her land and, and she, he would talk with her and he was nice to her. Well, when she left, this world in the will, all of that land, millions of dollars it was worth went to him because he's kind, you know, um, kind of going along with your mission statement, you know, to leave people feeling better about themselves than, than, you know, um, than you found them and knowing the love of Jesus, you know, um, meeting them right where they are and just talking with them and caring about them. And you do that such a, with a great, um, with great ease. You really do, Rebecca. I'm, I'm just amazed at what you are accomplishing right now with Do The Thing movement, building a community to equip women and walk alongside them. You know, um, that's a big part of your mon- mantra or, you know, mission statement too, is to walk alongside others. You know, can you unpack that a little bit, why you say that? Yeah. You know, I think the idea of like a coach really comes to mind there. And I I wasn't super into sports, but I did competitively swim for a while. And I had like a couple of coaches that really 
made a big impact on my life. And when I think about what they did with me, um, they just walked with me and they helped me and they, they coached me. And that's just what comes to mind almost as I'm, you know, walking with these people in our community. That's what I, I hope to do in a spiritual sense, right. Is, is to help stir their affections for Christ and, and walk alongside them as we're all doing this together. Right. And so um, I just, I love the idea of, I, I use the term calling coach a lot. Like, if you had somebody that was going to, like you said, walk with you and um, whether it's practical coaching, more how-to coaching, or it's the the spiritual coaching of doubt or discouragement, or I want to quit, or I'm scared, like those types of conversations are my favorite too, because oftentimes it's, it's maybe not the practical that holds us back. It's those, those other pieces. But yeah, I think that's kind of where that comes from for me. I hope that makes yeah, sense. No, it completely does. I really do. I love the, your heart behind it all. It really is. And how, how do you not lose the heart behind your, your mission? Because like we talked about before, doubt, distractions, they can all kind of easily creep in. And, um, you know, how, how do you, how do you stay focused on what you're doing? How do you tell others to stay focused? Cause listen, things happen. Like we're in a pandemic still. <laughs> You know, a lot of people's dreams have been, you know, kind of pushed to the wayside because we're taking care of what we need to take care of right now. You know, how do you spark that fire again, give them tools that that to equip them, you know, what would, what are some things that you can offer others? Sure. Yeah. We had this conversation. It was so good last week. And yeah, I think a few of the things I would share are so just, they're going to seem really elementary, but there are things that we can all look at our lives and say, yeah, I could be more intentional there. And the first one would just be staying rooted in the word. If we are not feeding ourselves scripture and we're not meditating on scripture, how do we expect to walk out into the world and, and not have to fight comparison or doubt or things like that? We need those yeah. weapons, right, of, of the word of God to be able to fight those things. And so staying rooted in the word would be the First, primary, if you don't hear anything else I say, hear that. Um, Second to that, I would say investing in community. I think we are more isolated than we have ever been before right now, but that does not mean we have an excuse to just write this season off. There are ways that we can still connect with with people. There are still ways that God may be calling us to to be that person that reaches out. So either way, I think we, we both have people in our lives who need it. And we are also in deep need of it. Like I can even think of today, a couple of things in our community that I'm praying about just the future direction of, I was able to reach out to just a couple of my prayer warriors in my life and just ask them like, Hey, will you be covering this, this project, this kind of thought that I have in prayer. And, and that was such an encouragement to hear back from them and just to know and trust that they are praying for me and for our community and, So I think that's huge, especially if you um, have some type of online ministry or you have podcast or you're in this kind of space. Um, I know I'm so grateful for the women like you that like I get to run alongside with in this. I couldn't do it without those women, right? And so I think we all, we all need that, especially right now. And then the last thing is just like real practical and I'm going to share it because it's, 
it's not something that I um, have found to come naturally to me. It's something I really have to work out. So I'm curious. I'm going to ask you if you struggle with this. Mm -hmm. I struggle with asking for help. And um, I think a lot of us do. I think we think that we have to have it all together. I think we think we can't be an amateur at anything, right? Like we start a podcast or we start writing and we automatically feel like, oh, you know, I want this to be good. I want it to be honoring to the Lord. I, I have the right intentions, but for goodness sake, could we not ask for help for somebody to like walk alongside us every once in a while. Right. And so that's something that God has been challenging me in. And as my team kind of grows and we have a couple of interns that help us now with the podcast and some studies that we're doing and things like that. And man, just their wisdom as they've came in to kind of partner alongside with me has been so yeah. awesome. And like, I could not God, I mean, God could have done whatever he wanted to do this year with through the thing movement, but we have done some just really fun Bible studies. And we just, just did an online conference and I look back and I'm like, man, God has used those girls and it would not have been nearly as impactful as it was if, if it wasn't for them and it wasn't for their help. And yeah. so anyway, those are a few things that just come to mind as, you know, I get discouraged or things that I run to, or I would tell people in our community also just to run to, um, at, if they're struggling, it would be no. the word of God, number one, primary, always so then investing in community and just asking for help when you need it. I love that. Ask for help. I need to remember that one. <laughs> I want to write that down on like a big post note and and just like tack it on every like thing I see, every door in this house. Ask for help if you need it. <laughs> Tell my own kids. Ask yes, for help. Don't girl. try and do it yourself. Yes. Sometimes like just real practically, like even watching my own kids and I am a teacher and when kids want to try and do things on their own and they're unsure, it can go, it could be a flop, you know, it, completely a flop. Like yeah. if my Lukey is trying to climb, you know, to the top pantry um, shelf and he really just needs to ask for help. I mean, the whole shelf can come down on him. So, but he'll try anyway. I know he will, <laughs> but it's yeah. not always good, yeah. a good thing. And you know, we need to ask help. Absolutely. Just, just do it. Right. Like what, don't, don't hold back. You know, I think you're right. It's a collaborative thing. And you just got just hearing from you. It got you so energized, um, thinking about those people helping you and coming alongside you too. So that's really fun. Yeah. It is so fun. I, my parents <laughs> make this joke about when I was little, I have just always been super independent, which like is something people celebrate, right? Like, Oh, she's really independent. And and that's an awesome quality and, and whatever. But we always laugh when we talk about when I was little, I couldn't say the word. Um, well, okay. When I, when I like wanted to do something on my own, I would always say I can do it by self. I couldn't say myself at whatever point that well, like I was, I was just starting to form <laughs> complete sentences, but I would say to my parents, like, I can do it myself. Yeah. And so sometimes even as an adult, when my mom or dad will be catching me in a moment where like I should ask somebody to help me carry something or something like yeah. that, they'll be like, I can do it myself. <laughs> and even, even as an adult, there are moments where I have to be like, all right, yes, please come help me. Yes. And so anyway, that's very, that's, so cute. that's very much in my brain of, of kind of one of my lifelong 
things that got us teaching. Yeah, so. you know what? I don't think you're alone in that one. I think there's a lot of us like sheepishly raising our hand, like, "Yep, I need to ask and stop and and just really ask God too. Like, what what is it that you need from me? Um, I think when we always turn to Him and ask Him uh, for that guidance, He's faithful to show it to us. And you know, like like you said, like when you were talking about collaboration, I just came like just thinking like what a revival of our heart when we come and we um, come together with somebody else who's maybe like-minded or can give us some feedback and it just recharges us to keep focused and doing the thing like we say um, and keeping in that movement like it's all part of your um, what you're talking about here I just think it's so cool yeah yeah it's um it's a lifelong thing right like we he is transforming us from glory to glory. And I think the more we become like Christ, um, the more we reflect him to the world, I think he equips us right to do the things he's called us to do, but that doesn't mean that we're invincible and, and we do, you know, need to ask for help. We do need to partner with others. Yeah. So like when you stepped into your own calling, you know, um, it wasn't an over like something like in a day was successful, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, for sure. How can you speak to encourage others that, yes, it's going to be this, um, like you were talking about consistency, which was something, but like what, what else can somebody think about? So they're not focused on the bigger is better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Well, I think, you know, the first thing I would, I would say we've already said, which is if it's specific to, you know, you're an online content creator, you, you're wanting to write, you're wanting to start a podcast, you're wanting to speak. I think doing whatever that thing is on a regular basis just helps you get your reps in, right? Like I, I'm going to be really honest. I was a terrible interviewer for my first like 15, 20 episodes, terrible. And the only way I got better was I had more conversations, right? Like I got over my fear of, you know, not fear, but just anxiety of talking to one of my favorite authors. Like that made me really anxious in the beginning. And now it's like the most fun thing I get to do is unpack stories about books people are writing. And, and so I think the more we do that thing that God is stirring our hearts for, the more comfortable we get, the more efficient we get with our time and things like that, which is always great. And I, I think sometimes too, we get kind of stuck, right? Like we have that season where we're kind of spinning, like we, we, our, our hearts are stirred and we feel overwhelmed by maybe a process or, you know, we're looking around, I'll use the example of a podcast again. And and we look at somebody, we look at an Annie F Downs, right? Like she's 300 and something odd episodes into her show. That sounds fun. And we think, well, the world's already got enough Annie's right. And, but, and when we look at Annie, we see, 300 and something odd interviews where we may be on episode one. And so we compare somebody's ultra marathon to our 5k and that's not fair to ourselves. Right. And so it's going to evolve over time. And I think that is a really cool thing that goes back to the conversation about sanctification that we had earlier in the conversation where the more we follow Christ, the more we stay rooted in his word um, the more he transforms us into the likeness of Christ. Right. And so that spills into what we're called to do. And so even with the podcast, I will say 
God is starting to really give me discernment and wisdom over kind of the next season we're about to walk into with the show. And, and it's the same, but, but different than what the first season was. And that's not wrong. That's just, that's just seasons and that's just change. And so I would say, you know, it may be a forever thing. It may not be a forever thing, whatever that thing that God's calling you to. And I'll, use my story as an example, the season of life where I led the hat ministry. I don't do that in this season anymore. It was a beautiful season of my life and God used it in a big way. And then I got married and and God had me walking into marriage and becoming a pastor's wife. And he led me into this new season of ministry that is just as beautiful, but it's completely different. And so we all go through those seasons of transition I think sometimes we, uh, we try to maybe push back of, Oh no, I feel like if I'm, if he's called me to it, he's called me to it forever, but that, that may or may not be the case. And so giving yourself the freedom for that is important and just following his lead kind of as you go. Yeah, no, I love that following his lead. That's so good. Anyone looking to try a new podcast, uh, do the thing podcast by Rebecca Dotson George is phenomenal. Oh, you're so kind. So many amazing um, just insights and advice and reviews on books and where people's hearts are at um, in this crazy up and down world. It's just, it's really cool. It's very grounding and it's inspiring for sure. But do you oh, ever get like nervous um, still or like, how do you keep your cool? <laughs> oh gosh. I, you know, people are people. And I think that's an, an important thing to remember. Like if you are doing something like this. I think the times where I've let myself get to be like a ball of nerves or or I'm anxious, those conversations just aren't near as much fun as if I come into it just fully Rebecca and I'm just full, even if it's like me nerding out over their book or whatever, like that, that's, it's the moments where I try to like keep my cool that end up just feeling weird. Right. (laughs) And so I've had a couple of those where I remember telling a friend um, about one in particular, I was like, when you listen to this, you're going to be able to tell that I was nervous. And on the back end of it, she was like, I really couldn't tell that bad. And I was like, man, okay, well, I must have hit it pretty well, but no, it's, I mean, and I think you would agree, like this whole world of podcasting is such a gift to me. I'm so grateful for just opportunity to make new friends and get to share really fun conversations about Jesus with the world. Like that's the coolest thing ever. And so I think more than anything now, it's just the most fun thing I've ever done. And it's rare that I get nervous anymore. It does happen, but (laughs) it's just a blast, you know? Yeah. And I think you're right. If you just stay you and and anyone listening, like just fully be you. I love that you said that just fully Rebecca, like your name, like, like you were talking about being really good at saying that person's name. Like, listen, tell yourself, like I'm, if I'm fully me, then I can do anything that God's called me to do. Am I right? Like, yeah, that's the truth of it all. So I just think that was a really cool truth that you just dropped on everyone right there. <laughs> and it's so funny. yeah. And where can people learn more about what you have going on over there at the do the thing podcast, if they want to find out more or do the thing movement. Um, you know, I think anybody here thinking, okay, this community sounds really up my alley. It's all for me. This is, you know, I, I would love to get some Rebecca help here. So 
where can they find you? Yeah. Yes, of course. So they can search for the podcast anywhere they listen to podcasts, Spotify, Google, Apple, any of the places do the thing movement. And, and then we started something really fun at the beginning of the year called Patreon, which basically is a space where people like me can connect with their audiences like you. And so it's kind of like a, like a social media app where we get to host bonus conversations and things like that. So we do bonus conversations. We do a monthly VIP party with our patrons. We give away books there. We have a tier where you can do, um, it's called the calling coach tier where you can have a 30 minute coaching call with me once per month. Super fun. So depending on what people are looking for, there's a lot of ways to kind of find community with other women there. That's awesome. Thank you. All that. I'm so glad you came on the podcast. I think people are going to be so encouraged. And I know I, I say that over and over, but that's what this, the heart of the message is really all about here on this podcast. So thank you so much, Rebecca, for coming on. And I hope everyone can go, go there now. Um, your bucket will be filled up even more today. Yes. Well, Jackie, I'm really grateful you'd have me on and I'm just, I'm thankful for what God's doing through you and just, you're such an encourager. And I know that um, the show's just helping uh, just encourage so many sisters in Christ to just pursue what he's called them to do. And so I'm just grateful for you and that you'd have me on. Yes. Thank you so much. That's so good to hear. Yes. So good. Were you all so encouraged by that? Or should I say y'all so encouraged by that? I was so fired up after listening to my girl, Rebecca. If you were to, I would hope that you go ahead and click that review button right there, write a review, give it some five stars if you feel led to do so. And that way it will ha- you will have more of a chance of others finding out about the Be Encouraged podcast. That's right. That would help me out so much. and I appreciate it. And if you want to go ahead and click subscribe, you can find out more encouraging content as it airs every week. Isn't that something to talk about? For sure. And for more information on where you can learn more about Rebecca Dotson George and some of the books we recommended in the show, go ahead and scroll down and check them out in the show notes. Have a great week, everybody.